Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and today our guest is Robert Riappel. Robert is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the last 18 years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He has also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Realizing that he is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues opens individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them, and that is why he is a highly sought-after presenter. And so we are excited to have him here. Welcome, Robert. Hey, Michael. I am so happy to be here and uh, ready to rock and roll and add value any way I can. All right. Um, so talk a little bit about clues. That resonates a bit with me, that concept in, my, in what we did in the previous season of the podcast. Well, for me, as I was traveling around the world and then, you know, being blessed to be on the stages and be around people like the Dalai Lama, Sir Richard Branson, F.W. de Klerk, millionaires, billionaires, I'm watching. I love watching people to see if there's commonalities. And I noticed that between success and non-success, there was absolutely these clues that were dropped. You just had to be paying attention and look for them. And that's why I kind of put the concept into my book, Success Left a Clue, because it's like, hey, if they can do it, why can't we? Hmm. Okay, I love that. Yeah, because my the, the previous season of the podcast, the theme was I brought successful people on and basically said, how the heck do you do that? Because <laughs> I want to do it too. And that's the great thing about podcasts is you want to talk to people, just have a podcast and theme your season around the people you want to talk to. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love that concept. Um, now, I, I didn't get the Dalai Lama or Richard Branson on my show, but, uh, you know, I got upcoming seasons. Maybe I'll get them for then. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and that's part of it. Dream big. That's one of my first clues. Dream big because, you know, the problem is Les Brown says the issue is not that you set your goals too high and you miss them. It's that you set them too low and you hit them. Mm. And that's what I've watched around the world as I've traveled. Probably the two biggest issues is people have low self-esteem, no matter yep. what country, what upbringing, we all suffer that. And then the second one is not setting our goals high enough, trying to be mm. realistic. Yo, because if I miss it, what will people think of me? Who freaking cares what people think of you? It's what you think of yourself. So yeah, yep. absolutely. Dream big. Yeah. Because if you don't set goals, what will people think of you? Well, you're a 50, 60 year old who had a mediocre life and was never really satisfied. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Because you never tried. Yeah. I love that. I love that concept. Uh, I actually just just recorded a on my morning motivation podcast, the uh, recorded episode just today that was called Say Yes. Um, which mm. is when opportunity presents itself. So yes, give it a shot. What'll happen? You know, what's a the worst that can Richard. happen? Can you survive it? Go for it. That's right. A great Richard Branson. Say yes and figure out how to do it after. Yep. Yep. That's that's a huge part of it. Uh, so so why do you think so many people are uh, so hesitant to do that? Well, one of the reasons is because of the fact that they are, you know, surrounded by people. And, and I'm going to say, I call it this, I call it dream stealers, Michael. And these are usually the people that are closest to us. Now, I want people to understand dream stealers, especially can be family, our best friends, our loved ones. Yep. And most of the times they're not trying to steal our dreams to be malicious. 
They're doing it out of love to want to protect us. You know, mm -hmm. you did that before and it didn't work. Do you really want to go through that pain again? Or look, do you really have the right education? I don't know. Maybe you should look a little lower, something you know you can attain. Mm -hmm. And because they want to protect us and help us, the choice is ours. It all comes down to us. Do we allow others to determine what we want to do and where we want to go? Or do we have the courage to be vulnerable enough to say, you know what? I may not succeed, but I'm going to give it everything I have anyway. Because even if I achieve, and I'll say it like this, for me, Michael, do I achieve all the big dreams I put out? Not by a long shot, but I'm way further ahead than the people never do. Mm. And there's people that look at my life and they go, oh my God, you know, you used to fly 200,000 miles a year around the world, being in front of 100 to 6,000 students at a time, doing three to five day trainings. How did you accomplish that? I could never do it. And it's because I had people around me believing I could. Yeah. I had people, it wasn't me just trying to do it myself. I surrounded myself with the people that, and this was a shift I went through in COVID, is I used to think it's great to have like-minded people around you, but then one of my mentors, and this is the key, you want to have great mentors in your life. Mm -hmm. My mentor gave me a paradigm shift where he said, Robert, do you realize if you're surrounded by like-minded people that are complainers, you're going to be a complainer. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to surround yourself with like-minded people. He said, what I'm going to offer instead is you surround yourself with growth-minded people. And the big difference is the growth-minded people, yes, they're going to be there to help pick you up when you stumble. They're going to be there to cheer you on when you're doing great. But the biggest role that they're going to play is those are going to be the people that are willing to have the tough conversations with you when need be. Like, Robert, why are you playing so small? You're not serving people at the level you're at. We need to kick your ass and get you to play a bigger game. And yep. that I'm referring to my wife. One of the biggest blessings in my life is that she's not willing to let me play smaller than I am because she knows that that would crush me internally. And so having yourself surrounded by like-minded people, those are going to be the ones that together, you want to call it joint ventures, you want to call it friendships, you want to call it mentoring, coaching. However you tag it, having the right people around you is what's going to really allow you to fully live the life that you can. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah when you talk about the dream stealers, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine recently where, because uh, I, I don't do a lot of uh, formal coaching, but I'll coach my friends because I'll see them in their situation. I'll be like, I have the answer. And if you're ready to hear it, I'll give it to you. If you're not, that's fine. You know, I, I don't have the, the patience to to put, go through that for free. But, you know, if you want a strategy on like how to network to a job, whatnot, I'm here for you. And mm -hmm. I always start with with the the magic wand question. You know, you've got a magic wand, you get a genie, they give you a wish. What What's your perfect life? Because you don't know that. If you don't know where you're going, any road will do. That's and right. so that, so, you know, from there, I can then point them, point out a networking strategy or whatever. And I did that, you know, I asked my friend of mine that question. And she said, I don't know. And I'm like, you must be something you want. And she said, no, my mother taught me it's too expensive to dream. Mm. That we are too poor to have dreams <laughs> and that I just need to find, you know, safe, reliable income. Um, and, and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be safe that way. And she's, this is someone in their thirties, forties struggling because they, they played it safe yep. and don't even know how to dream anymore. And I was like, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Like it, it's, it's one thing, you know, it, if you just beat your kid, that's one thing. But if you take away their dreams, that's mm. like, that, that, I'm like, that's the worst abuse I've ever heard of. 
And that's what society does as a whole too, because again, a society is built around getting people to find jobs and be stable. And, mm -hmm. you know, but if the last two years has taught us anything, uh, yeah, you can have the most stablest job and it can be wiped out in a day, plain yeah. and simple. And really, if you think about it, it's actually expensive not to dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. I'd say, would you rather a chance of, of a great life or guaranteed mediocre one? Those are and choices. One of, one of the clues I put in my book is when you're around people, you're impacting them whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. And one of two ways is being impacted. You're either affecting them, lifting them up with by living into your greatness, or you're infecting them with your mediocrity. <laughs> uh, and in yes. my experience, way too many people are playing the mediocre life. And mm -hmm. so they're infecting the people around them and they don't even know it. Like look at the, the example. If I'm playing the mediocre life, my child will be modeling what I do. And that's the yep. example you just said with your friend. It's like they're listening, they're here, um, watching everything and they're absorbing. And so when they grow up, it's like, well, yeah. And, and a lot of people don't even know why they have the beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's just so subconsciously implanted that they don't get it. But it, this is how they live their life. My dad's a great example of that. Second oldest of 10 kids. And when with their family, it was, yeah, you find, doesn't matter whether you like the job or not, you find the job that's going to give you the most security mm -hmm. and pay you. Whether you like it or not, that's what you do. And in my time, when I was getting ready to work, it was, no, Robert, find a union job or find something with the city that because that's, that's secure. They can't get rid of you. Yeah, but what if I hate it? Doesn't matter. You, to take care of your family, you, you know, look at what your mom and I did. We had to hop from job to job to job and we moved around a lot. You want to find a job that allows you to have that security. And I tried that. I did. But after being laid off from three jobs after at the age of 21, by that age, all of a sudden I'm like, this is obviously not working. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be something else out there. And that's where it's like, you know, what would I love to do? Now, maybe I took some jobs on the journey to get where I am and love being today, but I didn't do it as the end all be all. I'll be here for the rest of my life. It, yeah. And here's a secret too, Michael, is every job I do, because my parents did teach me this so well. The moment you step through the door to work, whatever issues is going on in your life, you leave it on the outside of the door. You go in, mm -hmm. you give 100%, you be there focused, and you be there to deliver. And that work ethic that they handed to me has allowed me to become successful because it's, yeah, it's like, I'm here. I'm here to help and get the job done, take care of customers, whatever it is. And because of that, promotions come instead of how many people are in their jobs going, I don't like being here. Yeah, it's very obvious you don't like being here. So why are you? Yep. Yep. When, and especially now, you know, in 2022, there's so many opportunities. As I was developing my business, I was driving Uber. And for me, that's fine. I like driving. I like meeting people. So great yep. job. 30 bucks an hour I was making. And so I didn't have to work a job I hated to get to the thing I wanted to yes. be. You know, you, you don't have to work at McDonald's to, to get there. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, now, so, but, but so speaking of opportunities, I'd like to ask you, you know, how did you, how did you get to those stages with, uh, <laughs> with all these great folks in front of all these, these folks learning from you? What's your, well, what's your path there? Well, you know, uh, so I said, growing up young and poor family, um, I, my, I'm very blessed in one way, one of many ways is my wife and I, we met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19 and coming up this year, we celebrate 33 years of marriage. Do not do the math of how old I am, Michael, please. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was doing these jobs. 
And all of a sudden I'm getting laid off from this third job. And I, and I thought it was going to be a career job working in a factory. I saw myself getting up to being a general manager of my own factory because they had factories all over North America. So imagine my surprise when I get called into the office by the general manager and he says, Oh, by the way, we're shutting the factory down. You were laid off as of last Friday. And I gave him a few choice words and I thought, what the heck's going on? And I started delivering pizzas for Domino's pizza because mm -hmm. the only job I could find at that time, we were in a down economy was delivering pizzas. And I started doing that because of my work ethic. I became a manager at which point my wife became my assistant and we started doing that ingrained work hard. We started working open to close seven days a week. We were doing this for about a year and a half when all of a sudden the opportunity came for us to become franchisees. We are qualified. And my franchisee says, I'm out of Domino's Pizza. I'm selling my two stores. And now we panicked because we are qualified to be franchisees and we wanted to be, but we didn't have any money. <laughs> and so my reaction was, then let's find another franchisee to get a job with because we know as soon as the store sold, the managers are let go first because the new owners want to come in and do things their way with their own team. And my wife's like, why would we do that? Why don't we buy the store? And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy the store. And she, <laughs> you know, my wife is a, she was the youngest of five children, the youngest of five children. And she's learned, you figure out a way to do it, raised by a single mom. And so we started learning and we made a lot of mistakes in that learning. But over the next few months, we found out a way to not buy the store we were working in. We actually ended up buying both the Domino's pizzas he had for sale. And we did it with 100% financing, no money of our own. And we became franchisees. And I'm the first to admit, I'm not perfect. Oh my goodness, far from it. We made a lot of mistakes because we knew how to run a store, but we didn't know how to run a business. Ah, uh, okay. And you know there's a big difference there, right, Michael? Yep, yes. <laughs> and we struggled through for the first couple of years before we figured out and started making pretty good money. And as we started making money, our upbringings coming from poor families, we started spending more money than we were earning. And by the, and, and I hope that doesn't shock you. I'm probably the first person who's ever done that, right? Yeah. 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 yeah most people, they just, they maintain their standard of living. They just start saving more and investing. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, by the eight year mark, we're over $150,000 in debt going, personal debt going down quickly and stressed out beyond belief. And that's when we were introduced to personal development. We ended up getting tickets to an evening that then because it blew us away, we paid to go to a three day um, training. In that training, we learned why we're in debt. But more importantly, we learned to take ownership of why we were in debt, quit blaming other people. I was good at doing that. It's because of them I lost my investment, you know. Uh, and then we learned some specific skills on how to get out of debt if we wanted to. We walked out of that weekend in 2001, June 2001. Nine months later, April 1st, not an April Fool's joke, but April 1st of 2002, we ended up retiring completely financially free at the age of 32. And wow. both, yeah, that's what my wife and I, our minds went, wow, if this information gave us that result, what would more do? And for the next two and a half years, because now we're not having to work, we've got enough money coming in to pay our bills, we're financially free. We start learning from as many masters as we can. And during that time, I found my passion was to teach because the way my dream started was like this, Michael. It was, if I could help one person, Mm -hmm. even just one person do what my wife and I were able to accomplish stress to financial freedom. It'd make it all worthwhile. And because of that, for the last 20 years, this April 1st is my 21st on my 20th anniversary of becoming financially free in the last 20 years. I've now traveled around the world multiple times and personally taught over half a million students in live three to five day trainings 
on how to create greater lives. And I'm living my passion, doing what I love. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, so I, I can certainly understand the concept that, you know, mindset shift and, and recognizing that, but, but uh, in a short form, form, obviously you teach this over the course of multiple days and we've got mm -hmm. like 10 more minutes, but in a short form, um, <laughs> what's the, what's the kind of key elements that, that create that shift you know, what's the, the first step that somebody might take in, in going from expanding their expenses to match their income to, to being financially free? One, work on yourself. I love the universal principle that says your wealth can only grow to the extent that you do. And mm -hmm. most people, they just want more money, but they forget to work on themselves to be able to handle more money. And so if they do get it, it becomes short term because they sabotage. That would be one, work on yourself. Two, quit trying to do it on your own. Look, we've been raised to believe that we have to figure it out. We have to do it ourselves. This is where finding people to joint venture with, find people that mm -hmm. have strengths that you don't have mm. and be willing to do partnerships. Well, but Robert, I don't want to give up part of what I might create. I'd rather have 50% of something amazing than 100% of something that's creating nothing. Yep. So you, it's that lack mindset versus the abundant mindset. So I love, I have partners in everything I do. I will, and then we look for who then can we partner with to get us out to more people. You know, when the, when the economy changed, I went from flying 200,000 miles a year around the world doing live trainings to zero. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, time to reinvent. What are we going to do? And now I've, you know, built my own studio and uh, here at my home so I can, do I'm building a super zoom room in the 1500 square foot studio. That's off the back of my house now because I still can't have live students here. So I've reached out to a lot of people and said, let's work together. And I now have joint venture partners all over the world. So I, I was just on a call that I stopped to come onto this interview. I'm you know, on a summit and I'm listening and we had people from um, Germany, Japan, all across Canada, all across the U S when I do a training next Friday, I'll have 11 different countries on my call of students mm -hmm. and for one of the guests I'm bringing on. And so these are the kind of things I love to do. So quit trying to do it on your own. Those would be two tips. Grow yourself, quit trying to do it on your own. Okay. Uh, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about that second one in the joint venturing. Cause that's, that's kind yeah. of the, the theme of the current season um, <laughs> is so, so someone out there, you know, they're doing their own business. Maybe they, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have experience. Well, I tried partnering with someone. It didn't work. They didn't pull their weight. They didn't do their, Part. We didn't know how to how to combine our our forces. Kind of what what's the what would be the first steps in joint venturing and building strategic alliances effectively for someone who maybe doesn't know how to do it? Yeah, for me, givers gain. Don't go in being what am I going to get out of it? What am I? I'm looking for people who are going to help me. Go in saying who can I be of service to mm. in their business in their group. Because when you come in with that mentality, now you're not looking for all the things that might go wrong that you might lose out on. So when you're going to add value, that's going to attract to you the people that are going, I want to do something with this person. They're actually interested in helping me because it's that, you know, that law of reciprocation. Mm -hmm. But most people forget to give. They just want, want, want. So if you go into associations and joint ventures in that wanting mode, you're just going to create um, ripples of of destruction all the way through right off the bat. Interesting. Okay. So, so, so like if your partner or someone is going to promote your summit, then your thought should be, how am I going to help them? How am I going to help them make money? How am I going to help them get exposure? Absolutely. And then absolutely rely on reciprocity to, to make sure you get something. In yeah. Do it, 
do it as a smart business. So as an example, um, this coming Friday, I'm going to be part of a summit where they're going to have a thousand students on. And they're saying, you know, we're not really allowing people to offer a product, but they can show you how to connect with you. And I'm like, not a problem. I will give value. And, and what most people will do that, because I come from the training industry. And one of the biggest tips that people try to do is if they have a half an hour to talk, it becomes a half an hour infomercial. Yeah. And they don't really actually give value. My goal is I want to be the greatest speaker giving value that they've ever had. Mm. So at the end, when they say, hey, Robert, how can people reach you? Then I can give a quick five seconds on here's how you reach me. And it's, I'm always amazed at the people that actually then reach out. Why? Because I gave them value. Mm-hmm. I wasn't holding back the good stuff until they pay me. Yeah. I am so in the abundant mindset, that, but most people are in lack. And that yeah. lack ends up impacting their relationships, their business, all areas. Yeah, I was, actually, I was just talking to someone who's, who's trying to build a program to help, uh, help teens. Um, and her program helps them helps them build something to support a nonprofit, a cause they care about. So it mm-hmm. teaches them to like do something real in the world and use the soft skills and all this great stuff. And she's trying to figure out how to sell the program. And I said, make a do it yourself version and give it away. Cause you, you give it away, you give it to the rotary club, you give it to the high school, you give it to all them and make it so they can give it to any kids they want to help. And then of course, if they're giving it away, they're going to want to bring you in to speak. They're going to be like, look, it's a, you know, it's the person who made the program. She's here to speak to us for free. That's How amazing right. is that? And then the parents who have the money will be like, oh, my kid needs to work with you directly. How much do you cost? Exactly. Um, and, and it totally and, changed because she's, she's thinking like build a funnel, Facebook ads, that kind of stuff. I'm like you want to impact the world, right? Well, give it away to everyone who will take it. And the people with the money will be knocking on your door because they don't want the free one. You know, that that's your audience with the money. That, and, um, and, and, it, and it totally just, you know, really opened her eyes like, oh, yeah, oh, I never thought about that. But, yeah, they'll <laughs> market for me for free because I'm giving the value. And it's and what I'd recommend, Michael, is put her in contact with me or through you. I would love to connect her with an amazing friend of mine who um, not only did he run one of the um, greatest in North America um, uh, for at risk teens and youth, a rehabilitation center for them mm-hmm. where he working not just with the youth that were having addictions and stuff, but working with the parents as well so that the families knew how to integrate. He loves working with children, especially teens. Mm -hmm. And he's now working with the Martial Arts Hall of Fame, teaching the um, people who have studios how to work with at-risk youth in their studios and how to better be able to educate. I'd love to connect the two of them because I think they could probably be of service to each other. That would be great. Yes, that's I, I'll make that connection certainly. And and so for those of you listening, because um, again, you know, network is the other thing. There, like this is the kind of thing that happens on calls that I don't record <laughs> and broadcast all the time. Is looking for how can what connections can can we make that would help other people? Um, and it is likely that that neither Robert nor I will make a penny off that introduction um, of of you know my friend to his friend, and yet somehow. It works out. It does. It does. It absolutely does. And because, of, and I'll give the example of the gentleman I want to introduce her to. We've trained around the world together for 15 years doing mm-hmm. very powerful camp. And yet, even though we trained together, we'd never really done anything together. And all of a sudden, at the beginning of the world change back, you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. the two of us ended up just connecting, saying, how do we serve more people now that we can't travel to do it? And we've now created businesses together. We've now been impacting people. 
and we both have busy schedules outside of it. But because of our work and our passion, and we connect each other to myriad of people all the time. And without that, and I love that you pointed out, it's without the, how am I going to benefit from connecting these two? It's, yep. I'm just trusting that I know it will come around. And yeah, the connections he's made to me, mind-blowing. The mm -hmm. revenue it creates, mind-blowing. And it was he's the same way. It's not about, okay, Robert, make sure I get a piece of this connection. It's like, yep. dude, you have to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. And it's it's some work, some don't, and it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. That's been that's and I've I found that I'd actually be curious about your your philosophy on this. Um, so I found that different people have different introduction philosophies, um, okay. and you know, from the the more closed philosophy of of you know, well, I, I want to introduce that person to very specific people I know, um, or I need a really good reason. Uh, or let me check with them all the way over to my philosophy, partly because my attention span so short and I'll forget <laughs> if I try to actually check in is these two people seem like a match. I'm going to shoot an email to both of them and introduce them to each other. And it'll probably work for both. Um, and, and I, I find that definitely there's two schools of thought. One is the like, well, I better check and make sure that, that they want that introduction. And the other one is like, oh, I'll put them together and see what happens. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts in that? I'm a little bit of both on that because one mm -hmm. of the things, knowing my friends, I will, if I know them, like Aaron, he's like, dude, you introduce me to anybody. I'm, I'm happy. I know right, you're right. going to make great introductions, but if it's people I don't know as well, I'll get to know them and at, find out from them. If I come across people, are you okay with me introducing? Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I get a lot of the emails that'll be, hey, Robert, you got to meet this person with no pretext to it. Yep. And so I want to be able to say, when I do an introduction email, I can say, hey, John, you need to meet Phil. Here's why I'm connecting the two of you. And here's why mm -hmm. I think it's a great match. Um, John, I'll let you know, Phil has given me permission that if I meet someone amazing like you, no hesitation, please introduce. So gentlemen, I'm introducing you. And then I finish every email this way. And if there's any way I can be of assistance, do not hesitate to let me know. Mm. Because sometimes, and that can bring me back into the fold of, Robert, this was such a great introduction. Thank you. And we're noticing we may be missing this. Or um, do you know someone that can do this? And then, yeah, absolutely. If I can help them, I am. Because again, I am an open book. Now, some of my JVs that I do, I do what's called um, joint venture brokering. Yep. Where it's, if I know I can connect two people that are going to do business together, helping a lot and make money from it, I will say, hey, gentlemen, you know, I'm introducing you or gentleman, lady, whatever it is. And I'd love to be part of, you know, just a little piece of the revenue that you create because of this introduction. Right. And I don't get greedy, Michael. That's the biggest problem most people do is mm -hmm. they get greedy. And, and they'll say, well, what are you looking for? I say, I don't, a couple percent. You tell me what works for you. Yep. And most people will be more generous than you even expect. Because if I can help someone do $10 million because of an introduction, do you think they have a problem paying me a couple hundred thousand yeah. for that introduction? <laughs> probably, probably okay with that, yeah. Yeah, and it's always results-based. And then you also, they get to know you that if Robert introduces me to someone, I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. Because I don't just sit there and introduce. I've had people come up to me and they go, Robert, oh, you're good friends with uh, Les Brown. I've always wanted to talk to him. Can you introduce me? And I'm like, what value would that be? He's a busy guy. Yep. I can't waste his time just because you've asked. So that's getting to know all parties of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's crucial. The, the, um, the purpose. It, and I think that that's a mindset thing too. In, in one of my, um, my one-on-one -on -one calendar links. So if you set up a one-on-one -on -one virtual coffee with me, 
one of the questions it'll ask you is, if you could be introduced to anyone in the world that would benefit your life or your business, who would it be? And most people, it's it's Oprah, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Les Brown, <laughs> someone like that. But but I and I, I think you know why do they do that? And they do it because they don't expect to get it. They're like, if you exactly. mention because you know I'm not gonna be. So all right, care Oprah, I'd love to talk to her. And they don't understand that if they have a good reason for it, um, not that I have the Rolodex you do, um, but you know, if, if they have a good reason for it, if, if someone's like, you know, I want to meet Oprah because I've got this concept and I think that it would work well for this thing she's doing and um, I think we could do a joint venture and be very mutually beneficial, then the right person would be like, okay, I'll introduce you to her or her business manager or you know, someone who will hear you out. Yes. Uh, but but instead, because, you know, I'm basically saying in that, and, and I've done this, you know, who do you want me to choose to? I know a lot of people. I'm the guy who knows a guy. And I've had people put so put a serious request in there. I've made the introduction before we even met. Yes. I, I had a couple of yeah. times I made the introduction that we never actually got to meet because um, the, the appointment got canceled. So I still made the introduction for them because it was, because it, it, I, I find joy if someone is specifically looking for someone and knows why they're looking for them, it's a conversation worth having. It so is. And yeah. I'll give you a great example of that. I was um, I, on one of the events, I was actually blessed to be the host. And I was doing it, we did it in Singapore. And then the next week, we were in Kuala Lumpur. And we had about 4,000 students in the audience. And I'm on the host. And we had three multi billionaires as presenters, plus, plus, plus other amazing presenters, one being Sir Richard Branson, and then a gentleman out of China, and a gentleman out of Japan. And being the host and a presenter, I get to meet everybody in the green room and we're having great conversations. And one of the gentlemen, just 37 years of age, he became a multi-billionaire and just of serving people and coming up, solving a great problem that they had. And so we're having a great conversation and out of the blue through translation, he asked, hey, Robert, do you want to go for dinner with us? And I'm just like inside going, what? <laughs> and on the other side, I'm doing a Sir Richard Branson. I'm going, yes. And we go to a little noodle house. We're not dressed up. We're not fancy. He's in sweat. He's got a 30-person entourage. It's just me and a buddy that I brought who's a translator for Mandarin. And we're having a great conversation, and, and I'm learning about him. I want Because his journey and his, who he was is amazing. Well, mm -hmm. now fast forward about three years later, we're staying connected on WeChat, and I loved it because it, I could type in English. He'd get to translate to Chinese and vice versa, so we didn't need to have an intermediary. And I'm talking to one of my best friends and I'm asking him, you know, how's things going with your different things? He goes, yeah, I'm working with this guy right now who's created this amazing, not only solar charging system, but the biggest issue a lot of things have is how to get, hold the, the um, charge in a stable way to give out a stable current back. And he's come up with this brilliant thing that it, build it inside of a sea can and it could power a whole town. And I'm like, I need to, you know, introduce you to Ray. Because he might know someone, you know, and just out of the blue, I, you know, messaged him, said, hey, Ray, it's, you know, Robert here. I just wanted to touch base. I have a guy who's blah, 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 blah. Just not sure if that'd be of interest, a connection. Well, he responded back within an hour saying, are you kidding? We've just finished investing $20 million trying to come up with a solution to this problem. Please introduce me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, and I go back to my buddy and he's like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you. And so I connected the two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have a solution. He had an issue. And I didn't even know it was something he was already working on. But 
I trusted that the right connections happen when they're meant to happen. Yeah. 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 It's amazingly powerful. If you're, you know, if you're open to that. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing. Oh my goodness. You just hit a big one there, right? Mm -hmm. How many people go, nope, too good to be true or no, it won't work for me. And they come up with a million other reasons why it can't. And you've got to learn to quickly say then, you know what? I have no attachment. If it's not going to work, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Because you can get emotionally involved in like, but come on. And if you try to force it and they're not ready for it, they're not open oh, to yeah. it, disaster in the making. Yeah. What, what, one of the biggest lessons for me, because a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends are struggling. Uh, and as I learned networking and, and mindset coaching and, and, you know, at this point, if I, if I were to decide to go get a job, which I don't know why I'd ever do that again, but if I were to decide to go get a job, I could do it by, you know, this weekend. Um, I, you know, I yep. know how to build and work a network to get, you to and I must be related and, and get hired. <laughs> uh, and, and then I watch my friends I'm like, Oh, I've been looking for a job for six months and I can't find anything. And I don't, I don't know what to do. And, and so I'll reach out to help. What I've learned is, is I'll, I'll say, if you're ready for help and advice, I've got it for you. If yes. you're not, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to upset you and waste my time. Like we're not going to do that. So if you want the, if you want someone to cry on their shoulder, You've got other friends for that, and they'll they'll lament with you about how terrible things are. You want an answer? Let's talk. I'll give you an answer because I can you know get on Facebook Messenger and give someone the answer of how to get a job in ten minutes. It's not rocket science. It's talk to a lot of people and ask them for their advice, and then ask for more introductions, basically. Um, and and you know I, I, I've had a what I find sometimes it wakes them up because you're because I'm like, but if you don't want it, you don't want it. No, like, no, 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 no. I actually had one who just had started going down the depressed path. And I'm like, all right, sounds like you're not ready. You don't want my advice. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, stop. What were you offering again? Because he <laughs> saw me virtually walking out the door and realized, like, that's the opportunity leaving the door. Um, and so then we actually started to have a, a useful conversation. I was able to point in the right direction. But it, it's definitely huge to, you know, if they're ready, share the advice. If they're not ready, when they're ready, they'll let you know. That's right. That's exactly it. I totally agree. It'll drive you nuts otherwise. <laughs> Well, let's be clear, Michael. I'm already nuts. It would drive me sane, which is worse for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's much, much worse. Yeah, that's true. Um, but especially like when you're discovering it and you're like, you know, for me, my, my lifestyle is so much better now than it was even two years ago. And you'd be like, I figured this out. I want to share it. And they're like, whoa, hold on a minute. That sounds too easy. I don't get it. Um, now, now the, the world isn't that, isn't that good. I'm like, no, it's just, I, I like to say a lot of kids... They, they've spent their entire life being trained to play baseball and they can catch and they can hit. And then they show up to the life and they got their bat and they got their mitt and they're standing on the parquet floor of a basketball court and they get hit in the face of the basketball. Yep. Absolutely. And they're like, I, how do I play that? I can't even hold it. I've got a big, big leather mitt on and I've got a bat. I can't even manipulate this ball. How do I do this? And it, you know, most people don't figure out, put down the bat, put down the mitt, take off the cleats. Uh, you're not playing baseball anymore. And they're still, they're, they're whacking a basketball with a, with a bat yep. and wondering why they can't score any points in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yep, absolutely. I, I love that analogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, so, so, we, so we talked a bit about, uh, you know, kind of building those, those win-win scenarios and those joint ventures. So for someone out there who's, who's getting, so who's hearing that and maybe they're like, okay, I get it. I, I believe this stuff, but... Belief is not filling my bank account. What's the first step to get from 
the people who are you know still posting memes on Facebook about how capitalism is destroying us all um, to <laughs> to get to like the kind of abundance that that uh, is available in the world. What, what what would the first step be? Well, going back to and again working on yourself is probably the most important. But also, and it's something that you were just talking about, people are going, it can't be that easy. And I'm going to say it like this. Success is not easy. It is simple. Mm-hmm. See, the reason it's simple is because there's a lot of examples. You can go, anything you want to accomplish, find a mentor, find someone who's accomplished it before, find out how they did it, and follow the steps. So it's simple. The reason it's not easy is because you still have to put the work in. And that's what most people are not willing to do in my experience from traveling around the world. They say, mm-hmm. yeah, I want this. Yeah, I want that. But that entitlement mentality comes in of it should just be handed to you. And yeah. I'm sorry, but no, that's not the reality. <laughs> and you've got to put the work in. You know, probably the biggest question I get when I'm on stages around the world is, Robert, how do I do what you do? And my response is, if you want to do what I do, be willing to do what I do mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah, The unsexy, boring as hell, monotonous things that you do on a daily basis to be ready to shine when you show up in front of an audience, in my example, as a case. And I said, if you're not willing to practice, if you're not willing to go out there, and so as an example, part of my reInvent, I'm writing my new book called The Authority Key. So I have a concept of how to become an authority. So I wanted to prove the concept. So I decided to do podcast interviews. And I wanted to become the number one guest for podcast interviews. And how you and I met through Podmatch, for three months straight, I was the number one guest. You know, I now in a five-month period, I was a guest on 168 interviews. Why wow. would I put that work in? Because people go, well, why would you do that? Well, one, there's a couple things. I got practice. And uh-huh. practice is what most people don't have. But two... I now have social media proof because I have 118 five-star ratings and reviews that I can put all over my websites. Because if you say you're good, people are going, that's just you saying it. But if other people are raving about you, that's social proof. But the biggest thing that came from it, Michael, is I wrote my book (laughs) because I talked about it 168 times. And I got the recording to every link to every recording. So instead of me having to sit down and try and figure it out, as I talked about it, my mind went, uh-huh, uh-huh, like this, don't like that, change this, change that. And because I was practicing it so much, now that I'm putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, the actual physical writing of the book is so easy because I, I put it into practice. But people aren't willing to do that. They've got to be willing. But Robert, I'm busy. I have a family. I have a job. I don't have time to do extra stuff like that. And what I've discovered, Michael, is most people are good at being busy but they're not good at being productive. <laughs> and there's a huge difference between the two. So I yeah. live by my calendar with what's called focused times. Mm-hmm. Because I know, and I've worked it out of my equation, one hour of being focused on a task where no other distractions. In that one hour, it's the equivalent to about six hours of me just being busy where I'm, oh, now I'm on Facebook, now I'm doing Messenger, now I'm doing emails. Oh, and I'm doing a little bit of the work. So I now use my calendar to give me focus time so that I can be very productive. And people go, how do you fit all that in? Well, and take all the time off that you take, because I like my time off, let's be clear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's about having that discipline. Those would be the tasks and the the things I would say to your audience. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. I'm I'm reminded, um, 
uh, Dave Durand, who runs Best Version Media that I used to work for, he mentioned that that people like to like to put two positive things in opposition. Like, I would work harder, but I'm a family man. Yep. Uh, which implies you can't be successful in business if you care about your family. And he's like, well, actually, you're successful in business because you care about your family. That's right. Because you got to take care of them. Um, but I, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned about finding a mentor. I think there might be some people out there who are, you know, not successful yet. Um, they're Uber drivers and burger flippers and waitresses um, who want to be whatever. And they're like, well, why is that successful, successful person in the field that I want to get into? Why would they mentor me? Mm-hmm. Oh, great question. It's because yep. like for me, and I can only um, speak from my own experience, I believe, and it comes to a, a, a principle that goes, you will be paid in direct proportion to the value you give. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to give value. And if I know, meet people that have something to offer that I can assist them to get to a higher level, that means they're helping more people, yep. then I'm all about it. And it, it, you keep bringing up Uber and it reminded me of a story. I landed in New Jersey for an event a few years ago. And my Uber driver, because I love to get to know people, and three questions I always ask in a conversation, what do you do? Do you enjoy it? And if they answer no on the enjoy it, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Because it's amazing how many people say they don't. And this young man, he just had this vibrant energy, driving a nice vehicle. It was actually a Mercedes, and he's maybe 23 years old. And so I knew he wasn't only Uber driving. So I said, oh, so what is it you actually do? And I, um, other than this. I said, is this a side hustle? He goes, yes, sir, it is. I said, why? He says, well, I'm, I'm a um, manager at a McDonald's. So you put burger flipping in there as well. I mm-hmm. said, oh, yeah. I said, do you enjoy it? He goes, I love it. And I said, why do you love it? He says, just the people I get to meet, the growth. He said, my franchisee is amazing. I said, so you don't make enough money doing that. That's why you're Uber driving? Well, he goes, oh, no, no. He says, my franchisee came to me and he said he wants me to open a store with him where I'm part owner, part franchisee. So to do it, though, he'll fund everything as long as I can come up with $75,000 my end because it costs over a million dollars to open a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And he says, so I'm doing this as a business. And, oh, I put him through the ringer to see if he was doing it as a business. Why he had a Mercedes. He was tracking everything, his maintenance. And he knew his numbers. He knew how much money he was making a week as an Uber driver. He knew what he was clearing, how long it was going to take him to get that $75,000. I was just blown away by this young man because he had such a vision and he's like, yep, my goal is I'm going to hit that 75,000 within the next four months because I've been driving for this long. He said, and then I'm going to be my own McDonald's franchisee and I can't wait. And I was just like, you tell me how I can help you then. He's like, what do you mean? So you don't know who I am. I said, but reach out to me if you ever have questions. I used to be a franchisee for Domino's Pizza. I said, I have some insight there. Nothing to compare to a McDonald's. I said, but I know how to be successful and you're teaching me stuff. So if there's ever a way I can mentor you, I'm more than happy to do it. And he's yeah. just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. And I, and I, I found that, you know, last year, I, I keep mentioning Uber because I did it for a year to what I call my, my R&D year. At the time, I thought I was just lost and confused. But in retrospect, it was R&D. And yep. I got to meet some amazing people, partly through the podcast. Um, you know, I brought him on the podcast says, says you're successful. How'd you do it? You know, what, what's, what's your secret? Um, nine out of 10 times answers mindset, by the way. And that's kind of the big thing I learned, but didn't other people, you know, private zoom calls that, that they'd spend 30, 60, 90 minutes to me, people who probably get a thousand dollars an hour for coaching 
were just sharing advice with me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Am I on candid camera? If I am, that's fine. You got a recording. Great. Um, <laughs> but like, like what is going on? And, and what I, what I realized was partly was that I was attentively listening and they appreciate that. So it made them feel good. Like you feel really smart when someone's like, Oh wow. Cause that's why I coach people. Like I'll, anyone's willing to listen. I'll give them half an hour coaching for free mm-hmm. because at the end of that half an hour, they'll say things like I'm more inspired than I've been in years. And I'm like, yep, that's why I do this. Thanks. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, as, but I think also they got the sense of, I want to learn so I can give and not just so I can take. And I think that's why they were so willing to give to me because yeah. they saw, and also, you know, some of them, I mean, I had nothing to offer at the time, but six months, nine months later, I've been able to refer to them 10, 20, 30 prospective clients. I may help them put together some joint ventures. I'm putting them on my stages. Like I, I'm actually able to return that, but they had no reason to, they didn't know I could at the time. I, I wouldn't have known it. If what can you give me for this, this advice? Uh, 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 thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I think they recognized you put enough good in the world and some of it's going to boomerang back to you. Yeah. And, and if you think about that, let's take that even deeper you never know who you're talking to. But mm-hmm. if you go, oh, this is only an Uber driver or they're only flipping burgers or they're only delivering pizza, you don't know who you're talking to. You yep. and, and my audiences, that was one of my biggest lessons was to have no preconceived notions of who's mm-hmm. in my audience. Because if I start labeling, then I'm getting rid of the magic of who I could meet. Yeah. And so every time I talk to someone, I'm there to be connected with them in that moment, totally present, because I want them to know I'm truly interested in who you are. What is your story? Now, if it seems like it's going on in there, what I call an energy sucker, uh-huh. where, and we hit those, where it's people that just want to suck your energy out with, because, and they're not giving any kind of value. They just want to, I don't know how else to explain it, Michael. They're just, they suck your energy. Yep. That's where I have team members that will come in and rescue me because they'll know the signs of an energy sucker. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's usually when I'm at my, like, and I'll usually, when I used to do trainings and say a small room for me was a thousand people, um, 2000 people. And I would take up to two hours talking to people individually at the end of a training. And that's when my energy, my, after 12 hours a day on stage for three days, my energy starts to go down, but I, <laughs> I know how to keep my energy going, but yep. it always seemed like they would wait at the end of the line until they knew I was really drained. And all of a sudden they'd come in for that kill shot of sucking the energy out. And so a lot of lessons I learned because I, my mental, my emotional, my physical health paid the price. And so I'm not saying it to be rude or ignorant to people, but be there truly interested in people, but also I be able to identify people who have great intentions versus people who just want to suck the energy out of you and have no, um, not even thinking of any kind of contribution that they can do with the information you might. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's deliver to them. Yep. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about before about, you know, giving advice to people who are ready to receive it and not, not yes. are going to argue with you. Yeah. Like if I'm giving someone advice, they argue with me, we're done. Conversation's <laughs> over. Thanks. You can do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yep. And if, if you need me, I'm here, but you know, uh, we're not, we're, we're not talking about this anymore. This is not, this is not a thing. <laughs> um, so, but this has been fantastic an amazing conversation. Uh, and, and what's great is, is I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it. Cause I, um, as I was talking before, for the fourth season, I've shifted the focus to be more about networking and joint ventures. And when I check the notes, you know, I'm kind of going through all the scheduled interviews and I'm like, well, this one doesn't mention networking and joint ventures. And, and frankly, 
uh, I was like, oh, I should contact him and see what he, you know, look more in detail. And I honestly didn't get around to it. And I'm glad I didn't because as we talked, I'm like, oh, this is a great guy to have on the show. This is amazing. He's all about joint venture networking, but none of that was in the bio. So what you're saying about, you never know where the value is going to be and, and what the conversation is going to be about. And, you know, it, it's worth making that small investment. You still need to guard your time. Um, but, you know, being open to things like that can be, can be hugely powerful. So it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, and so if people do want to connect with you, how would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Michael, because you were gracious enough to invite me on your podcast, I believe that one of our most precious commodities is our time. And the fact that you took your time to be here and more importantly, your audience taking their time to listen to our craziness and fun, because I've had a mm -hmm. blast, is that I would love as a gift from us to them, if they would like to get a hold of my international best-selling book, Success Left a Clue, the digital copy is our gift to them. They can get for absolutely free. And they just have to go to robertrealpel.com, my name, robertrealpel.com, and they'll be able to actually download the entire digital copy at no cost. And if they want, they'll actually be able to, I'm loving you said it, if someone really wants to um, get some information and move forward, you're willing to talk to someone for half an hour and coach them. I'm doing what I call strategy calls, 20-minute strategy calls. They'll be able to book in, and it's where they'll have to fill out a questionnaire so I can give them as much value in the 20 minutes. I'm not going to be selling them anything. I'm going to be just saying where you're at with what you said. Here's some actionable steps you can take to move forward. And I'd love to be able to do that for your audience as well. well. That is fantastic. I thank you. On behalf of the audience, I definitely thank you. And to the audience, I'm going to say, if you listen to my show, you probably hear me say this a lot when people make an offer like that. I think sometimes we hear that and we're like, he doesn't mean me. He means that better guy who's doing something more interesting. He doesn't mean me. Or that that's just a way to sell me something. And I can tell you, now that I've talked to him for 49 minutes, this is not the kind of guy who's getting you on a call to sell you something. If he's got something for you, I'm sure he's going to offer it. But he's not doing it to sell you something. He's doing it to help you. And if you're hearing this and you resonate with the conversation you just heard, Take advantage of it. This could be that moment, that moment in your life when you connect with the guy who's going to make things happen for you. Robert could be that guy for you. So so it's, it's go to robertreopel.com. Is that how they get in touch for that? That's it. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. So glad we, we uh, did this show. And um, I've learned quite a bit. I think the audience has learned quite a bit. And it's been fun. We definitely have a, a similar vibe. So thanks for being here. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks this for having me. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. 
jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.